0: super talk mississippi media production
1: hi this is dr andy barlow with the chiropractic physician center of tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book the code are you sick and tired of being sick and tired then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book the code
2: this is gerard gibbert and thank you for listening to middays here on super talk mississippi
0: get ready get ready to go beyond the headlines
2: Welcome, everyone, to middays on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbard, along with my good friend Rhino, coming at you live from the Super Talk studios as we guide you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. On this hump day, it was quite the exciting night. We got a little celebratory music to share with you here.
3: And a sing a song of cheer again. Happy days are here again. <laughs> All together a shout it now. There's no one who can doubt it now. So let's tell the world about it now. Happy days are, Happy days here, are here
1: again. Your cares and
2: problems. Nothing better than a little ensemble of- Terry McAuliffe, as of about exactly an hour ago, the Democratic candidate for governor in the Commonwealth of Virginia, says, I concede, officially, this is an earthquake. An earthquake as the Republican candidate, Glenn Youngkin, He wins. Wins the Commonwealth. The first thing that gave, that I should say, hit my my mind about this is, and we've talked about it so much on the program, Democrats have made everything about race. Everything. Just as we shared yesterday, when Joe Manchin in a press conference on Monday says, You know, I got to see the economic impact of this $1.85 trillion spending bill before I sign on to it. The immediate response, the backlash coming from a member of the squad, a a new member of the squad, Corey Bush, Representative Bush says Senator Manchin's opposition to the Build Back Better Act is anti-black, anti-child, anti-woman, and anti-immigrant. They did their dangest here to make everything about race in this election. And Donald Trump! I'm here to tell you today, I think that strategy went down in flames. And I was heartened by this. Despite the fact that the Democrats have worked tirelessly to divide this country, they can say all they want about Donald Trump was the most divisive president ever, they not only have been at it to divide us, to group us, to collect us into little buckets and i think what they've shown is that they somehow derive power from americans hating americans and you know what americans don't want to hate other americans it's it's not it's not in our dna we fundamentally love this country and We love each other. We spat. We fight. We contend. But the events that have occurred in the last several months, I'm thinking back to Afghanistan, we tend to rally around stuff like that when we get challenged from foreign foes. It brings us together. I do think that was a factor here. But we fundamentally... Don't want to hate each other. We dang sure don't want to teach our children to hate each other. We don't want to teach them that because of your race, you're evil. And because of your race, the deck is stacked and you've got no chance. They tried their best to divide us and they thrive on conflict. And, you know, yesterday, Rhino, we were talking about just having fun. The left hates fun. And if you saw again last night the split screens of the two camps in Virginia, one just looked like it was a funeral before the outcome was known. They just don't have fun. And about half of them got those stupid masks on, virtue signaling garbage. And over there at the Yunkin camp, they're just energized, enthusiastic, yucking it up, having fun. Before it was known, before they ever showed a vote tally, there's something to that.
4: Well, in fairness, they were doing much better than they ever thought they would.
2: No so question. they were celebrating
4: that, I believe.
2: Yeah, but what did Joe Biden say? We might have some sound for you. This is just day four yesterday. What'd he say?
5: We're going to win. I think we're going to win in Virginia. And you know, you're reporting being close. The race is very close, so about who shows up, who turns out. And granted, I did win by a, a large margin, but the point of the matter is that I think that this is this is going to be. We all knew from the beginning this is going to be a tight race, and it is tight. And this to get down to turnout, and it's going to. My guess is I'm going to be uh, landing at one o'clock in the morning, East Coast time. That's probably about the time we'll be hearing what the final results are. I think we're going to win New Jersey as well.
2: You're clueless, dude. I do not love Stephen Colbert. (laughs) Wilson from Greenwood. Oh, gosh. Fair, Fair enough. But it's true, though. The point is, they thrive on conflict, instigation, provocation. That's from which they derive their power. And perpetuating a victimhood mentality. Exactly. And it not only sucks, it's bad for our country. I just felt like that was the message. I'll tell you something else. Parents are greater than politicians. (laughs) You stoked the fire there. You went into the den of parents. And the parents put you down. And then you lied about it. There's no place for lying. I know, I know, I know. People are saying they're politicians. That's what they do. It's just, by definition, associated with the political realm. It doesn't have to be that way. You can be honest. You should be. You should do it better. When you're leading, when you're representing, you should be a role model. You should exude confidence and strength and energy, and McAuliffe didn't do that. Youngkin did. Him telling his story about how he even came to enter the race, and and, uh, frankly, it was told better by his wife, who introduced him. I... I just like that. This is a guy that comes from the private sector. He was the CEO of Carlisle, a private equity firm. I actually looked at a deal that his firm represented. And he's done well. He's worth $440 million. Worked his rear off. Did it uh, the right way. I'm surprised that didn't come out. So you got a guy who's created lots of wealth in his work. Signed the front of a check, led a very successful organization, versus essentially a career politician, and the former one prevailed.
4: It. Uh, I still think the wildest story of the night was the New Jersey State Senate president, a Democrat, tell him about lost that. to a Republican trucker who ran with $200 worth of campaigns, <laughs> Mr. You, Edward Durr.
2: Nobody knew who he was. You know what happened? They're so sick of the Democrat crap they got at the ballot box, and they saw the R. They just voted.
4: <laughs> there was also a mayoral race in Buffalo, New York, that I, I lost track of about midnight. But when I lost track of it, it was 65% of the vote going to a right-end candidate.
2: Oh, the earthquake is shaking, certainly up there in the Northeast, and then the New Jersey governor's election still outstanding. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. we got Scott Payton, State Director of Right on Crime at 11.05, and Paris Denard, RNC National Spokesperson at 12.05. Stay with us. Middays we will be right
0: back. I'm happy. diamond importer from anywhere in mississippi we're at 1485 highland colony parkway just south of 463 in madison and junikerjewelry.com covid19 has had a profound effect on the workplace as organizations adapt rj young is here to help We provide key technology solutions to power your business, like temperature kiosks, smart security systems,
8: backfile scanning, managed IT services, digital lockers, and more. R.J.
0: Young will help you to ensure safety and productivity in the workplace. To learn more, visit rjyoung.com slash COVID.
9: Family. They are definitely family in that clinic. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry is just that, a family. It was just, and every time I go in, it's just like,
5: they're so nice and they just, they're just so compassionate. It seems
9: silly to say that it was a pleasure, but it really was. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, 772 Lake Harbor Drive in Richland, 601-607-7876.
10: we
11: Hello here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
12: What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me.
2: Thank you so much for joining us on middays. Gerard and Rhino in the Super Talk studios. Yes, the shot heard round the world from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now, Kamala Harris, the astute politician that she is, what did she have to say about this deal, Rhino? Well, she was in Virginia
4: on Friday in Norfolk, Virginia, stumping for McAuliffe and. Uh... She was pretty confident.
2: Because, you see, what
1: happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022,
2: 2024, and on. Man, nothing gets by her. Got to get up pretty early in the morning. (laughs) Oh, what an astute observation that was by the vice president.
4: I think a better analogy is a broken clock is correct twice a day
2: <laughs> oh jeez ben from madison on the ceasefire text line by the way join the conversation 601-879-4395 i hardly ever agree with van jones but he understands what dems are selling the people aren't buying this is a huge sign of what's to come in the midterms next year i pray it is ben uh, my concern now, trying trying to think through, okay, what happens with these giant spending bills that are being deliberated? The progressives, I think, are going to try to move at a very rapid pace to ram these deals through, sensing that their reign may be coming to an abrupt end here, and it's really hard to pass this sort of stuff. Anything substantial during an election year, midterms in this case. On the other hand, the moderates might be reading the old tea leaves, even in the House. Forget the couple of obstinate senators, as some are describing them, in cinema and mansion in the Senate, but in the House, where she can't afford to lose, she being Nancy Pelosi. But four of her caucus, given the balance of power, they may be reading the tea leaves and saying, I don't know about that deal. This looks to me like that in a comfortably blue state where Biden prevailed by 11 points, that it didn't go very well for us. Maybe Americans aren't on board. I pray it so I do kill these bills, save America. that's my opinion. Kill the bills i' just
4: em. i'm I'm enjoying sitting back watching the Democrats double triple and quadruple down on everybody is racist because they lost when when the everybody is racist card really didn't help them a whole lot. What is it Sun Tzu said in the art of war when your enemy's making a mistake? Don't intervene.
2: Exactly. Let them them fall on their sword. Do they not get it yet, you think? Doesn't seem like it.
4: Again, the kitchen... The campaign was, everybody's racist unless you vote for us. Yeah. And uh, they lost, which means a majority of people didn't vote for them, and they've doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on everybody's racist that didn't vote for us.
2: The problem is... How do you square the election of an African American female lieutenant governor in Virginia, Winsome Sears, who, by the way, delivered a fantastic election speech last night, a victory remarks? How do you square it? If we're all racist, well, how'd she get elected? On the Republican seems like they side. they have a
4: different definition of racism.
2: Oh, it's got to be the racism as they define it, right? So if, if just people put their thinking cap on and apply some rationale, individual thought and expression, and they do so by supporting this candidate based on her qualifications, her character, her policy positions... Oh, you can't do that, right? Because we're told that outcomes have got to be based on your physical attributes. People are sick of it. I pray they're sick of it. I pray that this signals an end to this march to mediocrity. You can only preach that the
4: population has privilege for so long before people start going, wait a second, privilege? Did I really have privilege? Is what is what I went through really called privilege? You're
2: you're saying that's privilege? It ain't work. It's not true, and it ain't working. And the, so, how do you square it? It's just fantastic that she gets elected. And I think the attorney general has that been called? That was the other statewide race, right, in Virginia. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a few seats left in what do they call their legislatures in an assembly? I can't remember. I can't. I can't keep up with all the states and what they refer to their governing bodies. But nonetheless, that looks like that's really close, which is also astonishing, and might go to the Republican side. So it. If Yunkin is sincere, and I believe he was,
13: looks
4: like the Attorney General in Virginia has also been called for Jason Miari yeah. or Myers, whatever his name is, the yep. Republican.
2: Yep. So three statewide offices going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe Yunkin is sincere. I just do. And what he said last night made sense. He wants to cut taxes. He, he wants to boost law enforcement. He wants to introduce school choice into the environment. He wants to return education to the people. You know, the parents of the kids in the classroom should have a say. I also thought about this, Rhino. <laughs> it's my business, right? I come from the technology world. Think about this. Would this have occurred without the Internet, without Zoom, it is those tools, is where parents got their first sense, their first exposure to the garbage that was being peddled to their kids. That I don't think without that would have known unless a child came home and shared it. So they started seeing this stuff. They got suspicious. Well, they get
4: sped it up. I, I still think parents, you don't have a an epidemic or a pandemic of problematic parents that just don't pay any attention to their kids. Yes, that does happen and it is a problem in society. It's not the government's problem to solve, but I think eventually it would have come out. Agree. It might have taken more schools implementing the curriculum or A a shift in how generations view what is the norm, or any number of things. But I think I think you're right. The internet certainly sped that along.
2: Okay, so it accelerated it. It amplified it. Right. And there's you know it's one thing for your child. I'm not discounting the power of that whatsoever to share something with you. It's another when you're witnessing it firsthand with your own eyes and ears. And I think that did happen, and not just in Virginia, across the country. It's what brought the parents out of uh, of their dens, shall we say, the mama bears and, and papa bears, and they start showing up at these school board meetings and saying, what the hell's going on here? It's awesome. It's just awesome. There was a fantastic, I'll see if I can find it, op-ed penned by a... Um, a mother a virginia parent who is her name is Asra Normani you may have seen her she was featured as a uh, as a guest on the news last night she wrote this fantastic op-ed turns out she's she's muslim moved to uh, uh, to the united states i think as a child and Started out in West Virginia, and as she got older, she actually moved to Virginia because they supported Barack Obama. I mean, she's a registered liberal Democrat. That's how she describes herself. But she said, Parents have had enough of the woke lies at their schools. And she was holding the book, Woke Baby. Woke Baby! That she got out of one of the libraries, her child brought it home, and she said it's enough. So she said, "Look, I'm, I'm uh, not ashamed to say, first time ever I voted for a Republican. I voted for Glenn Youngkin. I think she's representative of many in the state. Fantastic article she penned. We'll take a break right here and come back, Mister Big Stuff, on midday. Stay with us."
14: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. A 30% chance of rain today, mostly cloudy, high near 61. A 40% chance of rain tonight, cloudy skies, low around 45. Your Thursday, a slight chance of rain with cloudy skies, becoming mostly sunny, high near 59. And finally, Friday, sunny skies, high near 65. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208
13: Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com. Upgrade your career today at Ag Up Equipment, your hometown John Deere dealer. Our service techs don't just fix tractors. They're passionate about solving problems for our customers. From Yard of the Month to Farm of the Year, we keep our customers running so they can harvest their land's potential. Don't just settle for a job. Come to Up and start a career. Great benefits, family atmosphere, and values. Visit our 16 hometown locations or agup.com to view and apply for job opportunities to move up close to you.
15: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Supertalk Mississippi News. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says the number of COVID-19 cases across Mississippi are stabilizing.
14: I wouldn't say that it's really sort of declining. It's just sort of maintaining at a modest level. Got to keep, keep in mind that we're still seeing several hundred cases a day, and, you know, anywhere from, like, a couple to, you know, a dozen deaths every day. So people are still getting sick and still dying. And again, it's still hitting folks who are unvaccinated. So there's still time to get protection, and we're still seeing a lot of Delta variant.
15: And work development is a top priority for state and local leaders, but Greenville Mayor Eric Simmons says training needs to begin early.
12: We're training high school students early on and it gives our workforce and our employers Early on, the type of workforce that we have coming out of high school, when that big company comes to that city or that town, they don't have time to say we need to train people. They need to know what you have ready right then to make sure that that company is profitable. I'm Andy Davis.
0: Hey there, it's Jake Mangum. I love baseball, Mississippi, and Farm
15: Bureau insurance.
0: You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. We'll
11: do it live.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: everyone middays super talk mississippi on the c Spire text line 601 8794 395 politicians should be required to wear body cams like the police but with a live feed how about a lie detector that's connected to the internet we could all just track every time they're talking oh gosh all liars will burn According to Jesus on the six text line. Democrats hurt themselves by pushing the agenda of racism. I really believe law abiding good old folks, no matter the color, are sick of it. Stephen from Greenville. I agree, Stephen. I totally agree. I, I think that it went down in flames last night. We're tired of the division. It's uh, as Condy Rice said, it's unproductive. It provides no value to society. This uh, this op-ed I was referring to earlier by Azra Nomani. I thought she did a great job of uh, really summarizing the whole CRT debate. She says, "I oppose the illiberal ideas of critical race theory. At its heart, critical race theory is a doctrine of shaming." So true. Excellent way to describe it. It bears the hallmarks of judgmental fundamentalist religion, but without forgiveness. It impugns the character and morality of people based on race and the color of their skin. And what's most disturbing, that's being peddled to children. Children. No one should be allowed to indoctrinate our kids or teachers, says Miss Nomani, with this odious doctrine. America is not perfect, but even within its imperfections, it has made room since its founding for countless millions of people of all races, political persuasions, religions, and genders to flourish in the spirit of comity, enterprise, prosperity, and freedom. Bravo! Excellent! Absolutely! Yet, we got the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff testifying before the U.S. Congress that his top focus is determining the source of white rage in the military. How productive is that? while bad guys across the ponds on either side are trying to blow us up. Your job is to keep them from blowing us up. It's just, that I thought that was as is, is good an analysis of the risk and the toxicity of CRT. Again, you want to study the possible impact of race on our institutions, on our government, on our economy, our society in general, sure, that's fair game. But when you start dividing and teaching kids they're evil because of their race and they're five years old. And these this stupid book that Miss Nomani was Presenting last night called Woke Baby, where inside the book it asserts that babies, like in a stroller, they can't walk, aren't mobile yet. They're already developing racist tendencies as infants. Why is the left so opposed to allowing children? To just be kids. And innocent. There's plenty of time to understand the bad stuff in the world. When you grow up and as you develop, and hopefully you've got parents that can guide you through that. That's what makes productive adults. You're not making them good adults with the best possibility of success when you're teaching them as infants that they're racist. That's insane. I think folks are waking up. It's clear. And it's across the country. And I hope they sent a message. I'm sick of seeing race and climate change at the heart of every policy issue. Because it is. And gender theory. That's... (laughs) The left is obsessed with it. America's corporations are awash in it. Stop it. People ain't that bad. That's just wrong, in my view. And I know I'm ranting on that, but it's it, it's clearly it was a big issue. Now, the exit polls show duh, the economy, number one issue. They're not confident. And, and what I think influence that is they're going to the gas pump. They're at the checkout line at the grocery store. Dang, this is chewing up more of my money. And though he tries to skirt it, fact is people just connect that to whoever's in the White House and then by linkage the party of the person in the White House. And so in a statewide election, that's what you're thinking. Hey, Democrats, man, they're making making it uh, more expensive for me to conduct my life. And Joe and his, uh, his posse, they're just oblivious to it. They just refuse to accept it. They have no plans. They have no ideas. He's even said it. Hey, OPEC, will you pump more oil while I shut down U.S. supplies? How dumb is that? I saw an article this morning that now there's a shortage of glass. You see that? So, the criminals are busting the glass out in the stores. They need to go replace the glass. You can't get any glass.
13: It's
4: not just commercial glass. There have been warnings and hiccups in the supply chain for the glass used in something common like long neck
2: beer bottles man oh man you want to see the you want to see them empty into the streets <laughs> go go to the store and find no long necks huh Woo!
4: i managed to swing by this morning and i i just went down the cat food aisle to see if they uh they had restocked yeah porch cat's favorite food and they did but all they had were the gigantic 20 pound bags
2: so I grabbed two of those. Okay.
4: I won't have to worry about cat food for about a year and a half.
2: <laughs> I think the first qualification in running for any elected office is that you have signed the front side of a check at some point in your life. Jeff and Hattiesburg. Many I think there are many Americans that share that view. There are some that say, no, that shouldn't matter. I, I've seen I've seen folks like from the Libertarian Uh, perspective. Say, well, that shouldn't matter. You don't have to do that to be good and right on policy. It's true. I I agree with that. But there is something to be said for having shouldered that load. And having dealt with that, it just gives you a perspective I don't think you can get from anywhere else. It's It's that constant feeling and constant threat of failure that motivates you to excel and if you've been a career politician like a Joe Biden not people ask all the time what the heck's a guy done I mean he doesn't have to excel at anything he does it
4: well the one thing that was his claim to fame has now been found out to be completely ludicrous and that was the crime bill yeah that has incarcerated mis- disproportionate numbers of black Americans
2: true Uh, and so what did he get what's he gotten right on any of that from a crime perspective I don't think he's been in the right camp and now he's of course just appeasing his woke progressive left I'm a sales rep for a local beer distributor and we're suffering from out of stock on our major brands and glass there you you go you're right that's on the ceasefire text line thanks for letting us know The question is, who is controlling the federal education department and pushing this agenda in the schools? That's Carol and Starville. You know, Carol, it's coming from the local levels. I I hear you. But the fact is, there are just so many reports, so much exposure of local school boards. And gosh, Rhino, how many clips have we played from school board meetings, school board members, who clearly, I believe it's Loudoun County, which is ground zero. I think Miss Nomani, who wrote this op-ed I've been discussing, said the entire county is Democrats of of school board members, and they all got an agenda, and they're the ones pushing this garbage. You want to take down a country attacking on all fronts. What front has not been attacked in America? That's also from Carol. We'll take a break right here. we got another segment this hour. we got Scott Payton coming up at 11.05. Buying for a business? Let Batteries Plus be your partner. Whether you have one location or many, you'll find
3: solutions for all of your battery, lighting, phone, and tablet repair needs, plus volume discounts and more. Sign up for a free business account at BatteriesPlus.com slash business. Batteries Plus.
12: With store wide savings of 50 to 80%, now is the perfect time to do your Christmas shopping at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry. Our lease expires soon, and so will the savings. Save 50 to 80% on stackable rings, diamond studs, color and diamond pendants, even our wedding bands are sale price. DNS Diamonds and Jewelry is closing out our entire inventory. Nothing is held back. 50 to 80% off store wide now at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry. 144 Market Street, Flowood, in front of J.C. JCPenney.
3: Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare, Feel better, faster.
11: Hurry! Run! Get to the car! It's coming! Start the car! What are you waiting for? I knew I should have gotten the Mazda of Jackson! Get rid of that creepy old car you've been driving around in and upgrade to a new vehicle. During our model year clearance at Mazda of Jackson, all the 2021s must go. And we're giving you amazing savings on every last one of them. Get 0.9% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0.9% on every new Mazda in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. You can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Is your credit history scary? (coughs) Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. <laughs> Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. So get to Mazda of Jackson today, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. I-55 French Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on site tomorrow.
5: This is the opening agri-market report. The opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton was down 82 to 116.43. March cotton was down 58 to 113.25. The opening of the Chicago Board of Trade January soybeans were down a nickel to 1251 and a quarter per bushel. March soybeans were down four and three quarters to 1262 and a quarter per bushel. December corn was down six and a half to 566 and a half per bushel. March corn was down six and a quarter to 575 per bushel. At the Mercantile, December live cattle is up 195 to 131.90. February live cattle is up 160 to 136.82. January feeders up 197 to 159. Even March feeders up 180 to 159.80. And at the Open, the Dow Jones is up 93 points, 35,983. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
16: Where has Pioneer corn seed development taken me today? Well, first of all, it's not day, it's night. I'm here in Linn County, Iowa. It's late July. It's humid. The wind is picking up and I can see lightning strikes on the horizon right now. Pioneer uses this plot to test its corn hybrids for standability. Local testing is one of the reasons Pioneer has seen improved root scores year after year. This is one of hundreds of fields across the country where Pioneer tests corn hybrids in all sorts of stresses. All to get to the strongest one-hundredth of one percent of hybrids that make it into a Pioneer bag. A test plot in Linn County, another place that makes Pioneer, Pioneer. You'll hear more from me later. For now,
0: let your local Pioneer sales representative hear from you. Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Check it out. Let's do it. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, midday's Gerard and Rhino in the studio on this huh? day. C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Scott Payton, the state director of Right on Crime, joins us at eleven oh five, and then Paris Denard, RNC national spokesperson, will. Call in at 12.05. Looking forward to those interviews. My question, this is on the ceasefire tax line, how can so many people vote for the Democrats when all they want to do is control the masses or the millions of parents that voted for him as well who would want that for their children? That's from Burton in Gulfport. I just don't think they saw that, Bert. I mean, it's just my opinion. I think there's two things at play. I think one is a lot of just... Contempt for Donald Trump. So if you just look at the traditional uh, way it kind of shakes out with respect to the, the voting environment, you got the 40% in this party, the 40% in that party in the coveted middle of independence, and independence in general, poll after poll after poll showed We're okay with Trump's policies, but didn't like Trump the person. So they peeled. And I know a lot of people say, no, no, voting irregularities, the election was stolen, so forth. Okay. It's still, as we've talked about before, a whole bunch of people, tens of millions, still support the Democrat Party and Biden, the Democratic candidate. Just to answer the question. And I think also, unfortunately, people want more of the largesse of government. They want it in their pocket. Without really taking stock of the potential consequences of that. What's happening now is that they're seeing it. Uh Uh-oh. This is making stuff more expensive. This is... These are kitchen table issues. How are we going to pay for this? I mean, who's not experiencing higher prices of almost everything and shortages, even when they want it? Just like our friend said, man, I'm having trouble. We're, we're starting to see, works for a beer distributorship, right? Say we're starting to see pro- problems with shortages of, of the glass containers. So I think... When it hits them directly like that, if it's just an idea and a concept on paper during an election, yeah, that sounds great! Child tax credits, expand Obamacare, more Medicare benefits, all that sounds great, and we're going to tax those dirty, greedy, rich corporations and, and, and billionaires, yeah, I'm for that! But then, when they go to the stores and they say, well, maybe that ain't the best, and it's not even been implemented yet! But what has been implemented, this American Rescue Plan, first big measure passed under Biden, totally unnecessary. Most folks warned that this was going to occur. Well, they see it. And they say, you know, I think it was better before this guy got in office. I'm going in the other direction. That's just my sense of what's happening. In the case of Virginia, the polls clearly showed, exit polls, economy, number one issue, and they give the nod to the Republicans in that respect, but the other big one, of course, education. Um, that that got 15% said that was their top issue of those polls.
4: Which pan- makes sense, because it was a about a 15-point swing for suburban moms that voted for Biden, that voted for Youngkin.
2: Right. And Youngkin got the nod on education. So you see that coming together, pulling the independents over. That's how he won, because there's more registered Democrats, I want to say like a million, in Virginia than, than Republicans. You would say, oh, the Republican has no chance in that respect. So that clearly means they crossed over. As well as the independence on these these critical issues on these issues they found most important, but again, it's race is not at the top of that that heap. And racism, which is what they tried to make the whole election, it's also pretty clear that this is the other other thing we should take away from this. Youngkin won without Trump. He didn't have Trump at his side. He didn't have Trump stumping for him. On the other hand, uh, McAuliffe did his best to try to connect Yunkin to Trump, make the whole election about race and Trump. And he got his butt whipped in doing so. I think that's the two takeaways there. Top of the hour here means Super Talk News and Fox News coming your way, a little weather as well. Scott Payton, the state director of Right on Crime, joins us after that. Middays, we'll be right back.
17: I'm Chris Foster. Democrat Terry McAuliffe concedes the governor's race in Virginia to Republican Glenn Youngkin. There's no call yet in the other governor's race on election day in New Jersey.
9: With about 88% of the votes reported, fewer than 1,200 votes separate Republican Jack Chatterelli and Democratic incumbent Governor Phil Murphy. There are thousands of votes still outstanding, many of those from Democratic-leaning areas, and it's not yet clear how many mail-in or provisional ballots haven't been tallied.
17: Fox's is J. Powers. Fifty-seven percent of voters in Minneapolis say no to replacing the police department with a Department of Public Safety.
8: It would have potentially had mental health specialists going out on calls instead of relying on armed officers to deal with people in crisis. But opponents of the proposal said it didn't offer a concrete plan for how the new department would operate.
17: That's Fox's Jill Nato midday on Wall Street. The Dow's down seventy-five points. America's listening to Fox News.
15: I'm Andy Davis and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There's been a lot of pushback on President Biden's vaccine mandate and the White House quietly issued new guidance Monday that appears to provide some flexibility for federal contractors. The new guidelines state that employers have to give deference to an employee's religious convictions and health status. That basically gives employers more discretion than they had before. Governor Tate Reeves is working with the attorney general's office to fight the mandates through the courts. He expects to have a lawsuit filed against the Biden administration by the end of the week. And Ilex Organics, a supplier of Yopin Tea and Mississippi grown catfish fillets, is locating operations in Clarksdale. The company was created in 2020 by entrepreneur and Mississippi native Oliver Luckett. The project represents an over $2 million corporate investment and will create 60 jobs in the next two years. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
7: Why join Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation if I'm not a farmer? Let's start with the valuable discounts on vehicles, travel, farm equipment, and much more, all of which would cover the cost of your membership. Throw in the insurance products, smarter banking, and agricultural advocacy, and the choice is clear. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive.
12: You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation,
3: visit us online at msfb.org.
15: Hundreds of nurses were brought into Mississippi during the height of the Delta surge, but those temporary contracts expired October 31st. New COVID cases are trending downward, but some hospitals are concerned that negative admissions could start going back up over the next few months, and there are still shortages. For example, over 150 registered nurse positions are available at Memorial Hospital in Gulfport. And some are worried that Thanksgiving turkeys will be in short supply. Speaking on Cavuto's Coast to Coast on Fox, Butterball CEO Jay Jandrain has this advice.
1: We don't expect there
14: to
7: be a shortage overall, but we do see that there are going to be fewer small turkeys this year. So. Our advice to consumers is to go out to the stores and get them as early as you can. What about pricing?
14: We don't set the prices for our retailers. Uh, It is reasonable to expect that there will be some uh, some increase in costs this year.
15: The U.S. Ag Department says production of fresh turkeys will be down 1.4% compared to last November. I'm Andy Davis.
9: Nothing serves up healthy happiness like a plate of Mississippi pork. Looking for a dish that's high in protein? Try tender pork sirloin, packed with 24 grams of protein and only 173 calories per serving. Or how about mouthwatering pork loin with 22 grams of protein and only 122 calories per serving? And the taste will have your family begging for more. This message brought to you by the Mississippi Pork Producers Association and the National Pork Board Checkoff.
2: are back, thanks so much for joining us on Middays. Gerard and Rhino in the studio, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this. Hump day! Joining us now in the studio, Scott Payton, the State Director of Right on
6: Crime. Scott, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, Gerard, for having me. You bet. So, how long have you been in this, this role, in this position? I have been with Right on Crime for a little over three years now. Okay. Um, pri- prior to that, I was a... State probation and parole officer in Louisiana, uh, worked there for almost a decade. Uh, um, working with, uh, men and women who are either released from prison or those that are placed on probation, uh, in lieu of prison, uh, helping them to reenter to society and ultimately, um, keeping the public safe, uh, by monitoring people outside of, of the prison system.
2: So is this a, a national organization,
6: right on crime, or is this something just unique to Mississippi? It is, It is based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, We are a national initiative of the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Okay. Uh, We were formed in 2007, and since then we are in six states. Uh, I am the state director for Louisiana and Mississippi. Okay. Got you.
2: Interesting. All right. So, uh, what's your mission? Tell us what you guys do exactly.
6: Well, we seek conservative solutions uh, to criminal justice policy and reforms uh, that, that keep in focus the number one priority of, of any criminal justice reform that we look at as public safety. Um, Then, you know, we want to make sure that victims are protected um, and ultimately that those that are involved in the criminal justice system are reformed so they do not return back to prison and do not continue committing crimes.
2: Yeah, so that's uh, one of the concerns, is it not, Scott, the rate of recidivism. And uh, so we, we lock these people up. They don't really get any better and then we release them out into society and and they're likely to commit the same crime. I mean I, I hear that a lot from law enforcement and it, it it is a complaint you hear from the public as well. So it seems like we need to be working on that and changing that, so that we get these folks more inserted into society as as
6: productive citizens. A- absolutely, um, you know. This morning, I woke up to to Fox News and uh, Fox and Friends were interviewing uh, Winsome Sears, yeah, um, who won uh, or, or it's the lieutenant governor elect, and in she mentioned how she was the underdog in virginia we should say correct yes uh how how she was the underdog and and all the barriers and and just everything was against her uh, in this election and then she mentioned a a very important word she spoke about hope and she also mentioned her her prison ministries where she spoke with the 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 men that that were in prison trying to instill hope in that formerly incarcerated And, and then she said that america is the land of second chances and and that's what we're looking to, to do um with with our efforts with right crime with criminal justice reform is to offer that second chance to to help reduce the recidivism rates uh recidivism is a vicious cycle um, as a former probation and parole officer the 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 case files were you know sometimes six inches to to you know a foot deep uh, of people going in, coming back, going in, coming back, um, and, and we have to start working on, on those root causes, and we have to to no longer warehouse people in our prisons, uh, but, but work at addressing the, the issues that got them in prison in the first place.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I think I speak, uh, Scott, uh, frankly, for a, a lot of folks who would say that they're concerned about releasing people that might be a danger uh, from, in a violent sense into society. And they're concerned about the discernment there. There are some folks that I think can be rehabilitated, if that's the right word, or developed such as such that they're ready for a life outside of incarceration. And maybe there's some that just can't. I mean, I don't know. And so there are concerns that if we go too far, we start releasing people that simply go out and commit violent crimes again and that they were in for it to start with. Your response to that.
6: And that is is a valid concern. And, um, you know, as a conservative, we believe in in accountability, personal responsibility, transparency, free enterprise, the the whole gamut there, amongst many other things. But, you know, prisons are are there for, for a reason. There are some people that... Deserve and, and belong to be in prison in in order to keep our communities safe, and and we definitely do not advocate um, that that no one should go to prison. Yeah. but but we should not over rely on, on the use of, of incarceration. Uh, if we look at you know, and, and we have a forum coming up tomorrow where where we're trying to engage the business community in addressing the, the recidivism issue, and, and we're talking about people that are primarily nonviolent uh, offenders who've already. Paid their debt to society, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, a, a criminal record comes with this forty four thousand plus collateral consequences, and people are paying the price. Especially those that have changed their ways, have rehabilitated themselves, and are looking for that American dream that um, that Miss Sears spoke about today—that yeah. that second chance—and you know—and. Unemployment is the major predictor of recidivism. So if we can can help those that have already paid their debt to society, that are already out of our prison system if we can help them become successful uh to, to work um we we have a tagline at right on crime from tax burdens to taxpayers and we want to help move people that that are that are in a position because of the barriers that government uh, has placed on them uh through through our statutes through policies through just the stigma that's associated with the criminal record
2: all right so what about a business owner uh, an employer uh, how should they think about this, and and uh, in terms of of hiring those that, as you said, we want to turn them in uh, to taxpayers, which means they're working and earning an income. How should a business think about that when they're when they're approaching someone who has a record, who's been incarcerated and is now released and hopefully ready to go to work?
6: You know that that's a a really good question, and and, and tomorrow we will have. People with the Mississippi Department of Employment Security, Mississippi Community College Board, uh, Mississippi Department of Corrections will have businesses, will have returning citizens there that that are going to, to show businesses um, that they have em- – models in place and have hired successfully hired uh, people that have criminal records and, and, and they will will discuss how 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 their processes has worked yeah. um, you know, it, it is something that businesses need to look at carefully um, there's a persistent shortage of, of good workers of workers in general uh, and this this pool of individuals that have criminal backgrounds is someone that they should not exclude and someone that they should look into carefully yeah. um, and, and we kind of lay out some of the ways as, as as a business owner, um, you, you don't know who you're getting off the street. Uh, you, you have to do the interview. You have to see if they're a fit for your your company. And what we're asking employers to do is apply that same process. Don't don't judge the individual immediately because of that background. Yeah. One, see if they're a fit for your organization, and then you have to go back and you do have to look at at what the criminal charge was. You know, if it was 15, 20 years ago, um, none of us – I know I'm certainly not the the person I was uh, 15, 20 years ago and definitely wasn't the person I was when I was 17 or 18 years old. So you have to look at the circumstances surrounding – what that that crime was? A yeah. lot of people have made some bad mistakes or a bad mistake, and unfortunately are paying for it the, the, the rest of their lives. Yeah,
2: and, I, I've got uh, some some friends. I mean, business entrepreneurs that have, have run into that situation for something that occurred a long time ago when they were much younger, and, and they, they've since uh, come around and uh, paid the price for that, and have uh, you know are just different people than they were then. And that's all possible. I, I think. Uh, Scott, what comes up a lot is you, you think about someone who has committed child abuse or been involved in pedophilia. I mean, I, I've, I've seen some from the medical community, the psychiatric community says that that's a short circuit that has to be dealt with uh, in the brain, essentially, that it's something that's a more permanent. And, and so that's a concern if folks like that are released. But but that would be considered a violent
6: crime, right? That, that, yeah. that would. And, um, you know, and, and again... Nationally, um, 95% of the people that that we send to prison – return back to yeah. society yeah and the question we need to ask do we want them to be better individuals when they're released because they're coming out whether mm. whether they serve the eight years of their eight-year sentence or whether they serve four years and, and have the rest on supervision yeah they're coming back to society and and we're rubbing elbows with them when we go out shopping um and the majority of those individuals that are released are not returning back to prison uh, but you do have the, the outliers the, the violent criminals um, you know that that spend much more time in prison uh, and, and we're certainly not advocating for you know a blanket release of, of violent offenders um, you know that we still have to balance public safety sure um.
2: but there's a lot of non-violent offenders that are incarcerated they we're all paying a lot of money for that could, could be out and about and producing for society as well. that To me, that's that's what I want to see happen.
6: Yeah, and, and, and that's why, um, Gerard, that, that conservatives really need to be involved with yeah. this issue because we need to hold the Department of Corrections, criminal justice systems, the same level of accountability that we hold any other right. aspect of government. We want to make sure every dollar that we spend is being spent wisely and that we actually are getting a return for it. we um, got a break right here. You can hang around? I sure can. All right, We want to talk some more. I want to find out what you'd like to see out of government
2: uh, as well on this matter. So stay with us. Midday's will be right back. Scott Payton, State Director, of Right on Crime, is our guest. <laughs>
13: Upgrade your career today at AgUp Equipment, your hometown John Deere dealer. Our service techs don't just fix tractors. They're passionate about solving problems for our customers. From Yard of the Month to Farm of the Year, we keep our customers running so they can harvest their land's potential. Don't just settle for a job. Come to Ag Up and start a career. Great benefits, family atmosphere, and values. Visit our 16 hometown locations or agup.com to view and apply for job opportunities to move up close to you. an OEM certified repair using certified parts. If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at ClintonBodyShop.com We've all heard the old expression, work smarter not harder. Those words
0: become a reality when you visit Ace Bolton Screw. From tools and accessories to every fastener imaginable, Ace Bolton Screw has everything you need for every job. Register to win a Predator Talon high-performance electric bike valued at $3,000. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Located on Julianne Street, just off Gallatin and Jackson, right off 555 at the Gluckset exit, and coming soon to Highway 49 in Richland.
8: We have
12: the deal. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? We have the deal. That's right. Ridgeland Mitsubishi has the deals because we are your pre-owned headquarters. We have cars, SUVs, crossovers, and more all waiting for you. And boy, do we have trucks. Two-wheel drive, four-by-four, diesel, every brand, every size, and in stock. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimited, Hard Tops, Soft Tops, Lifted, and Kitted Jeeps for you to choose from. What does all this mean to you? Since we've got an amazing selection of pre-owned vehicles, we're sure to have something for every buyer and every budget. Plus, get a free 40-inch TV on us. Credit problems not at Richland Mitsubishi. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Want to trade? Bring in your car and vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it even if you don't buy a new one from us. Okay, now you're just wasting time. Get to your pre owned HQ because we have the deal. At Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today. Or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland
17: Mitsubishi. See dealer
1: for deals with proof
17: Hey, it's Richard Gross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6 right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3, Midday's with Gerard Gibbard Welcome, welcome to our show on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one. You and me, baby, no one else we could trust, we'll say nothing to no one no how will we bust and never crack a smile or flinch or cry for nobody uh uh-huh. We'll give your take on, Thank
2: you so much for joining us today on middays, Gerard Gibbert, your host, along with Rhino in the Super Talk Studios, our guest in the studio, Scott Payton, State Director of Right on Crime. So, Scott, what about from a public policy perspective, what uh, does your organization seek? Let's talk about Mississippi. What would you like to see happen here that's that's uh, not
6: in place? Well, uh, Gerard, I mean, one would would love to see policies, and I know we spoke about some of it in the beginning, um, done correctly, but policies that help address the, the overuse or over-reliance of incarceration here in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are safe alternatives to incarceration. Um, probation and parole is, is one such uh, community supervision, uh, which, which allows someone the opportunity to, to remain in society, um, and and still it hangs over their head uh, a prison sentence, and then they have to follow rules and guidelines, and um, you know, and and it, and it keeps saves us money, uh, also while maintaining public safety. Yeah. Um, now you know we definitely need to look at from a policy standpoint too, a strengthening. Community supervision, um, allowing that because right now most community supervisions across the nation are, are contributing to over half of the prison admissions. Hmm. So this alternative to incarceration is, is driving about half of our incarceration. So we need to look at at, at policies that that allow community supervision um, to, to have smaller caseloads, more personal attention. Um, you know, as a probation and parole officer, there, there's so many things and so many needs that, that that need to be met for individuals. Um, substance abuse. There's there's mental health issues. There, there's a lot of work that goes into addressing these core issues. Uh, I would also like to see policies that that work on. Reentry, clearing some of these barriers for people that have proven themselves, uh, by, by remaining crime free, uh, that have shown that, that they have rehabilitated and they just want to be part of that American dream. And, and some barriers that are preventing people from getting occupational licensing, there was work done previous session and that's great. Uh, we need to continue to, to move that momentum to, to remove barriers for people that have, have and it has to be looked on a, on a case by case basis. Um, there's really not a it's not a good place to apply a blanket approach because uh, because not every crime is the same. The circumstances aren't necessarily the same, and we know the individuals are, are definitely not the same.
2: So so much crime, of course, also incorporates uh, drugs uh, to some extent. Uh, it doesn't seem like just locking people up for that is really solving that problem. If someone is addicted to drugs, for example, and that, that somehow and crime is somehow stemming from that, that doesn't seem like a solution. So what what should we do there to address that situation?
6: You know, in, in Louisiana, um, we have successfully implemented a, a drug court system where, where when the judges and prosecutors get together and, and, and they look at the individual's charges and they look back at that criminal history and they see if they can develop a pattern... That this is not just someone that that likes to break into cars or wants to break into homes. They're they're supporting and feeding a a drug habit. Um, And drug court is, is, is super intensive. As a probation officer, I had people that preferred to go to prison than they go to drug court hmm. because it's rigorous, it's tough, uh, because it's addressing a lot of issues at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's addressing your substance abuse problems, it's addressing getting you employed, um, education. There, there's a lot of things that have to be worked on in a short period of time, and, and there's a lot of accountability. So if we if we look at specialty courts that that take the non-violent, low-risk individuals, where our dollar would be better spent. In a drug court or a specialty court, um, the recidivism rate in those courts in Louisiana is in the single digits, mm-hmm. and that's almost unheard of for for any type of of incarceration um, across the nation. We're looking at forty five, fifty percent of people return back to prison, and, and that's just not that's just not acceptable. Um, you know, we're 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 seeing a rise in crime. We're seeing a rise in violent crime, but nonviolent crime has actually gone down in, in some areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's alarming and, and definitely. Concerning with the violent crime that that we see that that's been on a rise since since early 2020. Well, do you have some data,
2: Scott, that you could share about just how many, let's say, in the state of Mississippi, are, are locked up specifically for nonviolent crime that would be candidates uh, for for programs that could get them out and developed and and inserted into society productively.
6: In, in Mississippi, I don't have the exact number, but it's, it's roughly around forty to fifty percent are, are nonviolent uh offenders. And and those, you know, could be handled um through through alternatives. Um and even looking at, at, at some of these um uh, allowing more people on probation and parole, um, and and trying to identify on, on the front end, uh, but before they move over to corrections, and those that are in corrections, uh, we need to have the programming and the resources available inside the prison to address this. Instead of you know keeping the person in for for five years, letting them out, but never addressing substance abuse, never addressing mental health, never addressing anger management. Um, we we have a um, pardon the pun we have a captive audience. While they're there in prison, and sure. and we definitely need to get them the resources so that when they come out, we're able. They're they're able to 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 support themselves. Um, education's an issue. Um, that there, there's many issues that that can be addressed while they're incarcerated.
2: Are are there uh, are there not resources presently available in Mississippi's prisons, for example, to To help someone with substance abuse?
6: Commissioner Kane is working to implement um, a a more vibrant um, programming and to get more things available inside the prisons. Um, You know, it it appears to be limited, uh, and we're going to hear more from MDOC uh, and the work that they're trying to do to get these things in place.
2: Yeah. So one uh, one listener says crime is only getting worse. Maybe letting offenders out is not working. Spend money help them victims recovery. I think that's what you're advocating.
6: For. That, that's a, what, every policy we work on, Gerard. And that's why I wanted to open up is is public safety. Everything we do, we do through the lens of public safety. Okay. And, and when we're talking about second chance hiring, these are people that weren't just let out. These yeah. are people that that did the time that our court system. Told them to do, yeah. and, and then when they came out, and, and I had to keep going back to Ms. Sears. But hope, if if you can never shake the stigma of the criminal record label, then w- why do better? Yeah, w- why move forward? <laughs> what what is your motivation if you've done what they told you to do? It, it would be like me paying my car off, and each month I get another notice from from the lender saying. Just keep paying yeah. us. Um, you, you need to continue this. Uh, I, I agree. There, there's, you know, we're, we're not advocating to let everyone out of prison. Yeah. Um, but there are people that don't belong in prison that are in prison. There are people that have done their time, have paid the price, um, and they need that opportunity to 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 get that second chance. I mean, that's what our country is all about. It's not just on the formerly incarcerated, but as a business person, you can fail, you can recover. Our, our system is set up for for people to to be the underdog and, and to fight hard, and, and and there's always that hope that 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 keeps us going each day.
2: Are you interacting with uh, people that are incarcerated, or have you able to say identify this person really could be better suited for introduction into society rather than being locked up in here? They're at that point. Where there may be some change is needed, is that something personally you've
6: experienced yes I for over a decade um, as a probation and parole officer i I worked with the courts at the time of sentencing in, in helping the courts determine what would be the best sentence, uh, whether probation was warranted um, and i've you know for for every stat we can come up with, I can think of a name. Or an individual that, that came through, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I mentioned off air, I've put many people in prison, uh, I have violated many people on probation and parole, and I've helped many people on probation and parole. Okay. And and you know the the, the comments you receive, that there are some people that that don't want help, yeah. there are some people that still aren't ready to stop doing this. But what we don't want to do is fail those that are reaching out, that that want help and that want to do better. If you want to do better, there should be that opportunity for you to receive the help that you need and get that second chance and um, and asking employers to to just consider, just take a look and not apply a blanket exclusion to uh, people with a criminal background, it's going to make our community safer. When when we when employment is a factor in recidivism, if more people employed making a livable wage, when recidivism reduces, that's less crimes. That's less victims, yeah. uh, and and it saves our taxpayer dollars. For every recidivism point we lower here in Mississippi, mm-hmm. we will save the state one point five million dollars. We got about a
2: minute left, real yeah. quick here. Are we getting better at determining who's ready, who's not, so we make better decisions for from a sentencing perspective, from a parole perspective, release
6: perspective? I, I, I believe we are, um, but all too often we are sentencing people because we are mad at them, yeah. and not because they pose a, a serious threat to, to public safety. So we, we have to move away from that, and, and we have to do what you just said. We have to, to assess that individual and, and see if they are a true risk to, to the public.
2: Scott, thanks so much for coming on. Very uh, very interesting, and uh, keep up the work, and we'll see where we go.
6: Thank you, Gerard. I appreciate you.
2: You got it. We'll take a break right here on Middays. We'll come right back with more talk. And don't forget, at twelve oh five, Paris Denard from the RNC will join us. Stay with us.
14: Two Mississippi Museums, the Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum invites you to our Veterans Day ceremony Wednesday, November the 10th at 1030 a.m. to honor Mississippians who serve and who have served the United States Armed Forces. The program will take place on the Energy Mississippi Plaza located on North Street with free covered parking on North Jefferson Street. Join the two Mississippi Museums, Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum as we honor our veterans.
8: Don't let joint pain or a sports injury keep you down. Capital Ortho is ready with a new look, a new name, and the same great care to get you back in the game. 601-987-8200 for all your bone and joint needs. Choose Capital Ortho and get back to living your best life. hottie toddy.
2: The Rogue has been serving families in Jackson for over 5 decades. As we return to life, return to work, church, football, etc., let the Rogue get the men in your life ready for all occasions. We have the latest in game day gear for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and USM. Last-minute needs for a party? We have three on-site tailors to take care of any last-minute needs. Complimentary alterations at gift wrap with every purchase. Our employees have over 150 years of experience at the Rogue Serving Mississippians.
15: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Supertalk Mississippi News. There's been a lot of pushback on President Biden's vaccine mandate, and the White House quietly issued new guidance Monday that appears to provide some flexibility for federal contractors. The new guidelines state that employers have to give deference to an employee's religious convictions and health status. That basically gives employers more discretion than they had before. Governor Tate Reeves is working with the Attorney General's office to fight the mandates through the court. He expects to have a lawsuit filed against the Biden administration by the end of the week. And Ilex Organics, a supplier of Yopin Tea and Mississippi-grown catfish fillets, is locating operations in Clarksdale. The company was created in 2020 by entrepreneur and Mississippi native Oliver Luckett. The project represents an over $2 million corporate investment and will create 60 jobs in the next two years. For Super tall Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
13: Properly set all controls before recording.
0: All systems go. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Everyone, it's middays, super top Mississippi. So, lots of stuff also going on with respect to the uh, vaccine mandate. So, I saw that the Air Force already has discharged some uh, folks, some enlisted folks. I guess it's not just enlisted folks, but officers as well. I, so it doesn't make sense, in my view. It uh, you, you need people, and this is standing in the way, so back off. Yeah, the Biden administration, they fired them, those who refused. Uh, military personnel, federal civilians and employees of U.S. government contractors must also be Uh, vaccinated. However, there's been some degree of easing. I'm not sure that that easing uh, has occurred. I'm looking at that now. I don't think that the relaxation of some of these policies uh, covers federal contractors. I think it's just that that rule which is imposed on private sector employers that optionally they may submit to a test a covid test the question is who's going to pay for it because it's expensive and i think it's a weekly if it's either weekly or twice a
5: week
4: yeah i mean we talked about it a little earlier or maybe it was earlier this week but uh it was even last week but california is having workers that are being forced to fork over 130 bucks a week For the testing.
2: testing. So if you don't want to get vaccinated, sure, we'll test you. Give us $130. That's the option. (laughs) So um, it says, so what they change, it's a little confusing. This just happened Monday, by the way. A covered contractor, I'm reading, should determine the appropriate means of enforcement with respect to its employee at a covered contractor workplace who refuses to be vaccinated. I think what it says is that, okay, you can be a contractor, and if you don't want to vaccinate, you have to test, but you can't come on a federal site unless you're vaccinated. That is my interpretation of the change in the rule. Um, But he did go on to say, in this adjustment to the order, that private – employers which remember the original order you got more than 100 employees you got to vaccinate everybody and if you don't you got to hit the hip 14 grand per incident and i think that's been relaxed such that tests can be used in lieu of a worker getting uh, inoculated but like you said, some employers are saying you got to pay for it, and this—that's the question. All right, is the government going to pay for this constant testing, and how long does this go on? That—that's the other thing that's frustrated me throughout the entire deal—is what? What are the gates? What are the thresholds? What are the goals? Such that uh, some of these measures are are taken down, are reversed, uh, expired. I don't know. So anyhow, the question then comes up, okay, and this is Thomas and Greenwood asked uh, this question, if any of these um, relaxation of the mandates changes in the policy, does that affect uh, the, the state's colleges, the IHL board, as we discussed, <clears throat> I think late last week, said, Yeah, it looks like that as a federal contractor, and in the state of Mississippi, there's some $271 million, it's reported, of federal contracts with state public institutions. To retain those contracts, everybody's got to get vaccinated. And so does this relaxation of the policy, might that influence the IHL and its decision I haven't heard anything to that effect to this point. And again, it, it's it's a little unclear to me exactly what the the adjustment entails from a federal contractor perspective. From a private employer perspective, I think that's pretty clear. What it says is, okay, if you don't want to jab your employees, test them. That'll work. Without any guidance on who pays for it. But from a federal contractor perspective, I I don't see that there's been much to the updated guidance other than it says the contractors are um, able to determine how best they will accommodate enforcement. It just doesn't – I don't know that there's any any teeth to that. But we'll see what we can find out. The IHL originally, of course, said, hey, no, we're not going to mandate vaccines for employees and staff of the various institutions of higher ed. Then they came out last week and says, Oh gosh, we got these big old contracts. We need this dough. We're going to have to comply with the order, which I think December eighth is, like is the yeah. official date. So The effectiveness of the monoclonal antibody treatment negates the need for vaccine mandates. That's from Thomas. I don't know that I agree with that, Thomas. I I think I'm just in the camp that says, look, you want to get vaccinated? Have at it. It's uh, readily available virtually anywhere. I see signs all over the place advertising for it. If you don't, okay. Assume the risk either way however you want to uh, see it i think we're just past the point of government enforcement uh, at this at, uh, in in force should say it's just let's just go go forward make a choice aren't postal workers and members of congress exempt from the mandate or did that change it's not that they're exempt this is kind of a complicated matter so what biden did is he issued an order that is within his scope of authority ordering an agency that is within the executive branch, that being OSHA. And so it's OSHA rules that are being promulgated that impact the private sector, contractors, federal employees. The post office is a, is a different entity that does not fall under that scope or purview nor does congress because it's not in the executive branch it's obviously the legislative branch so that's where that that's the, the issue there he doesn't have the authority so it's not that they're exempt it's that he doesn't have the authority to impose mandates on those organizations so anyhow just a little update on uh, what's going on on the on the vaccine front from a mandate perspective and also yesterday the governor announced that he's working with attorney general Lynn Fitch to join in the lawsuits which I think we talked about yesterday 19 states last I counted rhino have have signed on to sue the federal government over these over these mandates and again that's primarily about the private sector in with respect to whether or not any of that can can stand and, and where those lawsuits are going. That's what the courts are for. They're going to have to sort it out. We had Lucian on last week talking about it, probably get him on again to discuss that even further as these suits get some legs and evolve. It will be interesting to see certainly how the courts rule. I think Lucian's take on it was, hey, if it's unreasonable and an, an overstepping of authority, the court should find that the mandates are are illegal essentially, unconstitutional, and should be struck down. But if they don't and they withhold them as reasonable and within the scope of authority and they're upheld, then I guess we have to deal with that. And maybe it gets appealed and who knows where all that goes, but as it traverses the legal system. But that's kind of where that seems to stand right now. Uh I'm a walking, talking second chance. I did drug court now. I have no felonies on my record, and I've never been in trouble again. Small business owner married to a nurse and have a completely different view of life. That's great. That's from David and Jackson on the Ceasefire text line. Thanks for sharing that, David, and congratulations, and, and God bless you. So, no, the USPS, USPS there's an exception there. I'll look it up. Uh, but we you know when this first was issued, Rhino, we, we drilled into this subject at a pretty deep level. No, the U- United States Post Office is not under OSHA somehow. I don't really un- uh, remember. I'll have to look it up. That's a question on the ceasefire tax line. Mike and go for it. Is, We'll get to that when he comes back. He, he'll share his thoughts about being a government contractor who works from home. Says he's still required to be vaccinated. We'll dig into that some more. And we got more uh, talk about uh, all things politics, etc. And, of course, we got uh, RNC spokesperson Paris Denard coming on at 12.05. We'll be right back.
14: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. A 30% chance of rain today, mostly cloudy, high near 61. A 40% chance of rain tonight, cloudy skies, low around 45. Your Thursday, a slight chance of rain with cloudy skies becoming mostly sunny, high near 59. And finally, Friday, sunny skies, high near 65. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
3: At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
5: This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. Ethanol Interest Group Growth Energy tells EPA Administrator Michael Regan the agency has violated the Clean Air Act by not issuing renewable fuel obligations for the Renewable Fuel Standard. The Interest Group plans to sue the EPA for its delay in releasing the Renewable Fuel Standard volume proposals in a letter to EPA Administrator Michael Reagan on Tuesday. The agency is way past due on releasing proposals for renewable volume obligations for 2021 and 2022 and a possible proposal to draw back on 2020 volumes. In recent weeks, various media outlets have reported the Biden administration may be cutting RFS volumes below the statutory levels in response to a lower gasoline demand during the COVID-19 economic shutdown. A letter of intent to suit Reagan. Growth Energy said the EPA has not followed the law. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk, Mississippi, Agri News Network.
0: Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men the boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word cure to 501501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill. Or go online at CoachToCureMD.org. Text the word cure to 501501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did.
2: Brought to you by the
0: American Football Coaches Association and Warner Ladder.
12: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. we rolling.
13: Hit it. Go. Play it.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
2: electric avenue so mike and Gulfport, who writes in about still being required uh, as a government contractor to be vaccinated even though he works at home he said he's vaccinated just doesn't fit the right way for an american to be fired for not getting vaccinated now with the children having a vaccine approved will president president for schools who receive fed funds have all children vaccinated I I haven't seen or heard anything to that effect Mike I I did want to follow up uh, on the United States Postal Service so I remember now the the mandate that all federal workers be vaccinated would not apply to the U.S. Postal Service but that private employers um, with more than 100 employees are required to vaccinate their employees, they do fall under that provision of the order. So in in, uh, in that case, it is planned and it is required for all postal workers to be vaccinated, but under the private employer rules. The Postal Service is, is part of the executive uh, branch, so it's operated by federal workers, but it's an independent agency, and it doesn't get any tax money. Uh, so it, that's why it's just a little different animal in that respect. But it does turn out that postal workers are going to be required to vaccinate under the private sector rules for employers over 100. A little, a little different. But I, but I guess now, with the most recent guidance, they can test alternatively. And I did have a question. Um, let's see. Yeah, Tom in Caledonia. Could you write the cost of the COVID test off in your taxes as a work expense? It's a good question. You know, that's a, that's a tough one, generally speaking, when you're it's just an employee you know work expenses like that aren't something that you you can expense separately might it fall under the uh, deduction for medical expenses possibly and there's some limits and thresholds and pretty high hoops to jump through on that so uh that's a good question though it's uh does it work to my knowledge like for example mileage if you're incurring mileage in in performing your work, of course, you've got to offset that with what you get reimbursed is the way that works. So we'll see. Those are questions. If members of Congress are exempt, everyone else should be exempt. If they choose, they're not exempt. That's the, They just can't be ordered. It's different. I just want to clarify that. The president cannot order the Congress. He doesn't have any authority over the legislative branch in that respect. So it's not that they're exempt from the order. They're not even mentioned in it, because they don't have any authority over it. So, you know, I don't know who's in Congress is not vaccinated. I suspect that the percent is pretty high uh, for what it's worth. In New York, for example, the um, they're losing folks. They're already experiencing fallout. The city of New York is, because that went into effect Monday, and... The city reports that 91% of their municipal workforce is vaccinated, but the police and fire departments are vaccinated at a lower rate, I think maybe in the 80% range. So Monday they placed 9,000 municipal workers on unpaid leave, which would extrapolate out to meaning they have 90,000 municipal workers. That sounds about right for a city the size of New York so there's some 12,000 who have applied for medical or religious exemption from the mandate. Oh, I take it back. Huh, 400,000 person workforce, so when you do the math there. Anyhow, they said, but de Blasio, you can always count on him, says agencies have contingency plans in place to deal with the absences. He also said services were not negatively affected. Really? Have you seen the images of the trash piling up? And people talking about the delays in getting fire and police response? It's not, it's not gotten acute yet, but it's it's certainly an issue. But, I mean, of course, he's saying, we're not seeing disruptions to any city services. I'm not sure that. <laughs> not with the pictures of the trash all over the place, just at a minimum. And you know that extends out to all the other services, public services delivered. My company is trying to do it through health insurance. They're going to charge unvaccinated a $64 a month surcharge for insurance. Interesting. Thanks for informing us of that on the C Spire text line from the 662. I think you'll see a lot of creative stuff. Can you speak to the guidance to the Reeves mentioned yesterday? He didn't say anything uh, real quickly other than they're going to join the lawsuit and try to sue the Biden administration. That's really it. There wasn't anything else. He hasn't called, said he's going to call a special session, hasn't done that to go Declare the Biden mandates unlawful. We'll take a break. We've got Paris Denard coming up next from the
0: RNC. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroni's treepros.com. <laughs>
17: I'm Chris Foster. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Democrat Terry McAuliffe losing the governor's race in Virginia and Democrat incumbent Phil Murphy possibly losing in New Jersey does not affect the party's legislative agenda. Fox is told the losses may accelerate efforts by Democrats to move the social spending bill plus infrastructure. Some
8: moderates believe approving the infrastructure package could have boosted Terry McAuliffe. Expect
17: internal Democratic sniping over the losses. Fox Chad Pergram. The Biden administration orders federal agencies to tighten up cybersecurity.
9: The new directive orders nearly all federal agencies to patch hundreds of cybersecurity vulnerabilities considered major risks, including the roughly 90 discovered just this year. The only exceptions are the Defense Department, CIA, and Office of the Director of National Intelligence, where cybersecurity is typically managed separately from civilian federal agencies. That's Louie
17: Wu. America's listening to Fox News.
3: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive.
14: In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey,
15: Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating.
14: Well, my person called Will White with the price and will. White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com.
15: Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The CDC is recommending Pfizer vaccines for kids ages five to eleven. Cheryl Cassone with Fox has the latest.
9: Kids could start getting shots this week. The CDC vote was unique.
15: This decision makes about 29 million children eligible. Kids are going to receive one-third of the dose authorized for those that are 12 and older. And the $740 billion National Defense Authorization Act of 2022 has yet to be brought before the full Senate. Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker and others are calling on Democratic
12: Senate leaders to schedule a vote. What we need now is for the Democratic leader of the United States Senate to let this bipartisan process work as it has now for over half a century. And we call on Chuck Schumer to give us floor time. Let the 100 members of the Senate act on one of the most significant pieces of legislation that we will consider this Congress.
15: I'm Andy Davis.
3: Y'all listen up.
7: Don't text and drive and give our farmers the space they need. Just like you, Mississippi farmers want to do their job and return safely to their loved ones. Thank you from your friends at the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation.
15: Mississippi's Republican Party Chairman Frank Bordeaux says they're seeing a growing trend of young people showing an interest in the
2: GOP. We have such a great junior college program. We have really focused on getting in those campuses. These are children that in many cases paying their way to school. They're working. They're already in the workforce. They're they're seeing the bad policies that's coming out of Washington, D.C. firsthand. And we've seen a lot of energy on our, our junior colleges across our state, as well as our senior colleges.
15: And with so many of us shopping online amid ongoing supply chain strains, corrugated packaging, or cardboard could be in short supply this holiday season. Grady Trimble with Fox has this report. Demand for cardboard
16: is up three and a half percent from 2019 to 2020, around 477 square miles. That's enough to cover all of New York City and then
17: some, and demand is expected to keep climbing.
15: For more Mississippi news, follow us on
8: Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertop.fm. I'm Andy Davis. The University of Mississippi School of Business is hosting its 20th Annual Banking and Finance Symposium on November 12th at the Oxford Convention Center. Keynote speakers are Scott Anderson of Stiefel, KBW, Rebecca romero Rainey of ICBA, and Jill Castilla of Citizens Bank. A first-ever Women in Banking Breakfast will be held at 8 a.m. The symposium is open to all banking and finance professionals and banking students. Panels will discuss fintech and mergers and acquisitions. To register, go online at our alumni page or email Dr. Ken Syrie to get info.
16: Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. To
11: all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi
0: 97.3. And now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: so much for joining us on Middays, rolling into the third hour of the program today. Joining us now, Paris Denard, RNC National Spokesperson. Thanks for coming on, Paris. Thanks for having me again. I love the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, big night in uh, Virginia last night, just looking at the situation in New Jersey. Uh, Looks like it's down to... 5,000 votes, the latest uh, information I'm I'm seeing, with some 90 percent in. That's going to go down to the wire. That's pretty clear. But let's talk first about Virginia. Are you surprised?
18: No, I'm not surprised at how well we did in Virginia because Glenn Youngkin ran an effective campaign that was focused on the people. He talked about issues that related to all people in Virginia. He did exceptionally well uh, with minority voters, especially the Hispanic community. CNN exit polls shows him getting about 13 percent of the black vote. Um, this is a candidate who put together a team of people who understood this election was not about national politics. It wasn't about uh, national issues. It was about the issues that Virginia voters cared about, public safety, education, empowering parents, and the economy, lowering taxes, getting rid of the grocery tax that was a tax on food when you see the rising cost of food inflation, getting rid of the mor- having a 12-month moratorium on the gas tax because you can see every time you go to the gas tank that gas prices are increasing. Glenn Youngkin ran an effective campaign that the people respected, the people responded to, and he won. And it's a great indicator for what's going to come in 2022 and 2024.
2: Well, we've been talking about it on the show a couple of days, Paris, and just wanted to get your thoughts on it. The the kitchen table issues, you just talked about it. It's inflation. It's the price of gas. It's education. It's all that. But yet the Biden administration continues, and Democrats in general, continue to focus on on critical race theory and racism at the heart of every issue and injustice and, and, uh, and climate change. I mean, it's just they're awash in that. I don't think that's what Americans are talking about around the kitchen
18: table. It's not. Listen, Democrats are in disarray. Their party is destructing right before their eyes. They don't know what to do. They're more focused on climate change than they are about the American people and doing things to empower the American people. They can't even pass police reform. They can't even pass one infrastructure bill, let alone two, uh, with the social infrastructure bill. They don't know what is going on. They can't even get unified on what they want to have in these bills, which is fine because both bills are are, are problematic. If, If you look at the one bill that was a bipartisan nature, Republicans got on board with it because they pared it down. They focused on doing things kitchen table issues, repairing roads, bridges, waterways, uh, uh, things that people understand to be traditional infrastructure. But look, Democrats are not appealing to their own base. They're not appealing to Republicans and certainly not appealing to independents. I just got a report that from a, a news piece that talked about a Mississippi uh, legislator, flipped party, said, I am done with the Democrats. I am going to become a Republican. John Lancaster told the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, I feel that this gives my constituents a real seat at the table. This is what's happening across the country. The Democrats pushing in a liberal, radical agenda is being rejected. And that is a good thing for the American people. It's a good thing for people who care about the future of this country and are rejecting this radical policies that is just so wildly unpopular.
2: Yeah, and you know the other thing we should talk about is the uh, the, the ballot measure to convert the police department in, in Minneapolis to a Department of Public right. Safety, uh, which of course was was uh, haughtily supported by uh, Representative
18: Omar of uh, the Squad, and that failed. So what does that say? It failed. It's, it's, again, it reinforces the, the correct narrative, the truthful narrative, that Democrat policies are failing. They're wildly unpopular. The American people are rejecting them. Minneapolis saw an increase in, in crime, violence, and murders, and they said, enough is enough. We cannot defund the police. We can't reimagine police. We cannot do things that would change the police force. There were poll after poll that showed that Black Americans, not just nationally, but in Minneapolis specifically, did not want to have reduced police presence. You can't trust these Democrats to, to believe them to, to, that they're going to just stop at just reimagining police they're going to go at defunding the police uh, this is like their their focus on changing election laws and and that's why the rnc is suing in vermont because they want to have it so that non-citizens can vote that's unconstitutional it's wrong the rnc is fighting it and we're going to look at these things because the democrat party is out of touch and they do this thing called overreach they overreach into the lives of the American people. They overreach when it comes to education. They want to be involved in taxation. They want to be involved in the economy. They want to be involved in every aspect of your life, cradle, or grave, and everything in between. And the American people are saying, this ain't working. You've got to step back. Public safety is important. Security is important, both national security, domestic security, for your family, your community, and your schools. And if the Democrats keep doing this, they're going to continue to lose. Election after election, candidates are going to continue to flip from Democrat to Republican. And the Republican Party is going to continue to grow and expand and bring in all those independents and the Democrats that are saying enough is enough. We've had enough. We want to be a conservative.
2: It, it just it feels like uh, at least that to a great extent, this was a clear repudiation of the Biden agenda. What happens now to these two massive Uh, spending tax and spending bills of course the bipartisan infrastructure bill but more importantly the the one that uh the build back better plan is it is termed what do you think happens now
18: uh look the onus is on the democrats they control the white house they control the senate they control uh the congress the house of representatives so they've got to figure out a path forward on this what we do know is is that the Democrats are in disarray and can't get unified about what they want to have in these bills, especially the one that is called social infrastructure, the so-called build back better. But if you look at it, it's really build back broke because nobody's (laughs) going to benefit from raising taxes. And the things that are in there, you know, I heard Senator Tim Scott say this, and it's so true. He said, I'm more concerned about what's in the bill than the price tag. He said, they'll adjust the price tag. They'll move the numbers all around. But all that is going to do is either prolong or cut back the uh, horrible policies, the horrible plans that are inside of the bill. And so I think ultimately uh, it's stalled. It's not moving forward uh, as quickly as they wanted it. Remember, they wanted to have this done, Biden wanted this done well before he yeah. left to go overseas. He's done his little overseas climate change summit that he slept through, he <laughs> came back still to get it done. And he came back to a brand new America, A brand new America that has Republicans in leadership in Virginia and pickups in in other uh, state houses, and Ohio 15 went to the Republicans. So he is not going to recognize the country that he is uh, seemingly in charge of because there's a lot of Biden remorse. People are tired of his failed policies, his weak leadership, and they want to see something done. They want to see action. They're not getting it from the Biden administration. Even just looking at the bills that they're trying to propose, nothing is being done.
2: Well, you know, the action I'd like to see and want to get your thoughts on this. Can you just do nothing? Just stand back and Uh, do nothing. uh,
18: Exactly. Uh, What is it? Ronald Reagan said that the the scariest words are I'm a Democrat and I'm here to help. or I'm the federal government and I'm here to (laughs) to help. help. No, thanks. We don't want your help because when you you get involved, when you see the federal big, big government, big tech, all these things get involved, they mess everything up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I it just seems like the economy was starting to get legs post pandemic until Biden got involved and in, in threw all this money. I like to say helicopter money on it, and that's caused a, a reason for a lot of these shortages, inflation, pain at the pump, etc. Do you think they're starting to see that you're just better to stay out, let let things run their course?
18: No. Because they were, the, the Democrat Progressive Party is so hell-bent on changing, fundamentally radically changing America uh, to more resemble what they want in a, as a socialist country. So they're not going to stop, whether it's climate change, whether it's this critical race theory, where it's always talking about race and making this a racist country, being against the flag, being against the national anthem. Uh, they're not going to stop. They don't want to support parents. I mean, the fact that they're trying to weaponize the DOJ to go after parents going to school board meetings tells you all you need to know about how radical and how aggressive these Democrats are in trying to inject a a, a new uh, type of change on this country to fundamentally change us from what we are at our core, which is a free, enterprise-loving, opportunity-driven country that loves to support one another and and be empowered to get the government off our backs so that we can work and provide for our family and our communities.
2: Absolutely. So uh, a a year away to the midterms, Paris, do you believe that the earthquake that we witnessed in Virginia is going to bode well to raising money for Republican candidates, that's how you win races. You you know that.
18: Yeah, look, we have a platform called Win Red which has been wildly successful for Republican candidates to uh, get engaged on. So we believe that we're going to not only raise a lot of money for Republican candidates, but we're also going to get new voters. So we encourage you to go to vote.gop to find out where to vote, get registered because the only way we win, the reason why we won, it's because we had good candidates, good policies, but because the people turned out to vote. Yeah. Rain, sleep, snow, summer, what, what nothing will stop them from voting. But we've got to make sure people registered, and we've got to turn out the vote. So make sure they go to vote.gop, get registered, find out your polling place, and be sure to vote, 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 vote.
2: Absolutely. Paris, always a pleasure talking to you, sir. You're a joy to have on the program, and keep up the good work, and let's uh, plow right into those midterms and make them red. Thank you, sir.
18: It's a red wave, and we're happy about it. Thank you. You got it. Paris Denard,
2: RNC national spokesperson, has been our guest. We'll take a break right here on middays. We got some tickets to give away. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
14: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap. Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283.
13: What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, wh- what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth.
8: Hey, there's him
9: In just the
8: last few years, there have been more than 200 cases of human trafficking reported right here in central Mississippi. I met a guy
18: on Instagram.
8: I got
16: hooked on drugs. He would crush it up and he would put it in orange juice and tequila and give it to me.
1: My dad, when he needed to pay the bills, he would send me to a friend of his and then things would go on. and our light bill would be paid or there'd be groceries it's
8: one of the fastest growing crimes in the state and you can help you're invited to a super fun event to raise money for local organizations that rescue people from the grip of human trafficking or domestic abuse the 41st annual squat and gobble dance contest and turkey calling contest is coming up thursday november 11th at the new mississippi trademark featuring live music from dr czar's amazing funk monster a live and silent auction great food and drinks and more get tickets to At friendsforcause.com.
0: Join middays with Gerard Gibbert, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., sponsored by The Road, your destination for fine men's clothing.
11: We're here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready, ready here. Middays with Gerard
0: Gibbons. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: You're tuned in to Middays with Gerard and Rhino, here in the Super Talk studios on this hump day. Don't forget that coming up this Friday, Middays, we'll be on the grounds of the Museum of Mississippi History and the Civil Rights Museum, a.k.a. two museums. In downtown Jackson for a celebration of our veterans. There will be free covered parking on North Jefferson Street for you. Join the two Mississippi museums on Friday as we honor our Mississippi veterans. Looking forward to that. Come on down and see us. The sun is supposed to be shining, forecasted. Weather in the mid-60s should be a nice day. I was
4: about to say, you get there early enough, you probably want to go ahead and scoot on into the museums to get some heat on you because the... The temps Friday morning are going to be a
2: little chilly. Chilly, yeah. Looking forward to that, though, right? Oh yeah, it gets the deer out, doesn't it? Kind of gets them out and about. Oh yeah, I mean they got to move to stay warm. <laughs> so that was always uh, it's always fun having Paris on the program. Uh, he is, I think, a very talented and capable spokesperson for the RNC, and you know they got to be high fiving around the place today, but they got to get to work, and I think they know that. So capitalize, uh, celebrate for a minute, capitalize, and get on it. So just looking, 89% in in New Jersey, and uh, Ciatrelli, Trelli is the way to pronounce it, I believe, C-I-A, is leading with uh, 5,100 votes, during the, doing the math in my head here. How about that? Out of... Looks like about a little over 4 million voting in New Jersey. It's a tight race. That's pretty dang tight. The margin has somewhat shrunk in the Virginia race, looking at the latest data. Looks like Yunkin has got 73,000 vote lead with 99% in. The race has been called, of course, 50.7 to 48.6. I'll just say again, though, that that contrast between the having fun and the dire, dour, melancholy environment in the McAuliffe, I really do think that just captures what I believe is evolving as a key contrast. And I think it should be exploited. And capitalized on, and instructive, learn from, hopefully, in future elections, especially with the the midterms uh, right around the corner. Honestly, I, I got to tell you, this article in the National Review penned by the Virginia mother activist. She's become a spokesperson and activist. That's Azra Nomani who immigrated from India at the age of four to West Virginia and then moved over to Virginia. But gosh, her this is just a fabulously articulation of the dangers and risks of critical race theory and its infusion into the education of children in the public schools. And it's just amazing, some of the stuff she was able to, uncover while you got the school board and the the candidate for governor, McAuliffe, saying, no, we're not teaching that. And she says it was a whistleblower that shared the syllabus with her, a syllabus from the classroom, and, and that is being required of the teachers. And one of those courses is about race and racism. Of course it is, and it says that, according to the syllabus that was provided to her by this whistleblower, it says, teachers must write their racial biography, <laughs> except, this is what galls me more than anything, you must accept, no, you don't have to accept squat, and accept that systems of oppression which amounts to a social construction of race, create gaps in opportunity, access, and achievement. And this is considered, will you explain this to me, Rhino, an example of interest convergence. Think through that. Interest convergence. As if to say one race has one interest and another has a, a different interest, and they conflict and converge. Is it just me or is that grossly overanalyzing human nature? And it says that the teachers are thus obligated to work towards disrupting and dismantling these systems. Did you Have you ever seen the word dismantle used as much as it has been over the last year? maybe more than in my lifetime dismantle and again this goes back to the essence of CRT which is a notion that racism is not an aberration it has nothing to do with your your physical dna it has nothing to do with that it's a social construct and goes on to say all of this amounts to a critique of classical liberalism. That's absolutely correct. But, so while they're, so the point is, while they're saying, no, we're not doing that, this syllabus says different. Across the country, of course, we've seen politicians who are now warriors for equity. Teachers' unions... Woke companies. That's just... I, I hope that this is the end of politics being all about race. I really do. I pray. Because it's not. It should be about policy. Not
4: that. And half the crap they apply the race card to, it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, here's a, a list of aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the United States. So under the bullet points for rugged individualism, individuals are assumed to be in control of their own environment. And the example is, you get what you deserve. Alright, I, I can see an argument either way for that, but here's one that's just, huh? So it's an aspect and an assumption of whiteness and white culture in the United States if you believe children should have their own rooms and be independent. <laughs> Or under the, quote-unquote, Protestant work ethic. If you don't meet your goals, you didn't work hard enough. That that's That's white culture. That's whiteness in America. Oh, man. If you follow a rigid time schedule. Right.
2: Or if you plan for the future. I heard one along those lines. I think I got this right. Just a phrase of common courtesy have a good day that's now racist i mean so that's the problem when you just get so nutty so loony nobody takes it seriously wherever there might be true discrimination nobody takes it seriously you've diluted it
4: oh here's another one steak and potatoes quote bland is best
2: (laughs) work hard be nice be nice that's racist now. Is it just loony? It's nutty. It's silly, stupid. And nobody takes it seriously. Like I said, you, and that's, it's the same with the climate change. You can't get any traction for people to uh, get serious about it and, and heed anything that might be true because you covered up with all these untruths. And all these nonsensical, catastrophic, never happen predictions, and so people just say, you know, I'm not buying it. It's it's not hard. I mean, speaking of human nature, that that's human nature. You keep telling me stuff that's wrong. <laughs> I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> and I'm not falling for it anymore. I just think that's what's going on here. So,
4: I think it goes even deeper if you keep. Describing someone incorrectly, eventually they're going to get upset that you cannot accurately describe them.
2: Yeah, that's true. So, don't have any teeth. Doesn't have any true, valid meaning or substance. I totally agree.
4: It's like they never read Chicken Little.
2: (laughs) That's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. And calling babies woke. How about that? <laughs> we'll step aside for a little break right here. When we come back, Rhino's got some foreigner tickets for us. We hope you'll stay with us. we got a half hour left here on Middays. <laughs> Rogue has been serving families in Jackson for over five decades. As we return to life, return to work, church, football, etc., let the Rogue get the men in your life ready for all occasions. We have the latest in game day gear for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and USM. Last minute needs for a party? We have three on site tailors to take care of any last minute needs. Complimentary alterations and gift wrap with every purchase. Our employees have over a hundred and fifty years of experience at the Rogue serving Mississippians. Ever feel like making an appointment with your doctor takes a lot of time, only to feel rushed through the actual appointment? Avoid the hassle at Capital Ortho, where our board-certified, fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons are waiting to treat you immediately with one-on-one professional and personal patient care. Both you and your time matter to the staff at Capital Ortho. To schedule your same-day appointment, call 601-987-8200 or visit CapitalOrtho.com.
9: Hi,
12: I'm John Albritton. If your diamond seems smaller today than yesterday, trade it for a larger stone at Albritton's. Our certified gemologist will give you a generous, no-obligation appraisal of your diamond, which can be applied to your new selection. Whether you choose to remount your existing stone or simply trade it, you'll get the most diamond value at Albritton's.
0: Quality and value go hand-in-hand at
13: Albritton's.
7: Visit com for a free, no obligation estimate.
15: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The CDC is recommending Pfizer vaccines for kids ages 5 to 11. Cheryl Cossone with Fox has the latest.
9: Kids could start getting shots this week. The CDC vote was unanimous. This decision makes about 29 million children eligible. Kids are going to
15: receive one-third of the dose authorized for those that are 12 and older. And the $740 billion National Defense Authorization Act of 2022 has yet to be brought before the full Senate. Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker and others are calling on Democratic Senate leaders
12: to schedule a vote. What we need now is for the Democratic leader of the United States Senate to let this bipartisan process work as it has now for over half a century. And we call on Chuck Schumer to give us floor time. Let the 100 members of the Senate act
13: on one of the most significant pieces of legislation that we will consider this Congress.
15: I'm Andy Davis.
0: It's so awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbett. Come on, let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Thank you so much for tuning in to Middays today. Rhino, how about it? Foreigner tickets? Oh, yeah. We got one of the
4: best-selling groups of all time, Foreigner, coming to the Bancorp South Arena in Tupelo on November 13th, 10 days from now. Tickets for the show are on sale at Ticketmaster.com, or you can swing by the Bancorp South Arena box office. But now is your chance to win. You've got a pair of tickets up for grabs. All you got to do is be lucky number 15 to text into the C Spire text line, 601 879 4395. Be the 15th person to text in with the phrase double vision, and you'll win a pair of tickets to see Foreigner at the Bancorp South Arena on November 13th.
2: All righty. I also received uh, notification this morning from uh, Agriculture and Commerce Commissioner Andy Gibson that there's going to be a concert coming up, uh, called Standing for American Freedom. That'll be held inside the Mississippi Coliseum on Sunday, December 5th at 5.30 in recognition of the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. How about that? Eighty years. Wow. That's incredible. So, uh, lots of text rolling in there, folks, Are Putting in that double vision. That's a great tune by Foreigner. Jason says, when every extra raindrop is climate change and we're all going to die next week, you can't listen to that. I totally agree. And also earlier, Stanley and uh, Lafayette said, nobody pays any attention to all that liberal crap, but y'all, I wish that were the case, Stanley. I really do. Uh, But when you see it, Literally consuming every major American, and not just major company, uh, every organization. Now we've got new banking rules being promulgated where decisions from the financial community will factor in a company's resilience to climate change. Yes, they're looking at ESG. Uh, being implemented within companies that that are seeking capital. So this is just, it's everywhere. It's inserted everywhere. It's in our schools. It's in our businesses, our workplaces, our institutions. It's everywhere. Now, again, I think hopefully the results we saw last night indicate that Americans are starting to reject this, this junk. But it's a pretty big deal, And maybe folks aren't paying attention, but I would say, certainly in our our patch here, but I would say that would be done at our own peril. I'm concerned about that. There's still a whole lot of people in this country that are completely on board with all this junk. Who would have ever thought a major American city would have a referendum to get rid of the police department? That's a pretty big deal. And what's amazing, and Paris talked on it, but I saw some of the results from the areas around the city. Of course, in those communities that are primarily inhabited by minorities, they soundly voted against it. It's the white liberals, those sections of town. They're all for it. Doesn't bother me. I, you know, I can afford my own protection, live in gated communities and so forth. It's just being tone deaf to what the true real issue is. But gosh, the fact that that even makes it uh, on a ballot in an American city is mind-boggling to me and disturbing as well. Uh, the boy who cried wolf syndrome. The radical left who claim almost everything is race driven. Will when pe- then people will start turning a deaf ear to ninety five percent of what they say. I agree and I believe that started. So in in that respect, Stanley, I agree with you. I think people are starting to say it's long in the tooth when it is front and center and embedded in every issue. You start to discount its validity, its meaning and people do start tuning it out. I, I do agree with that, and I think we saw that. And what is a fairly reliable blue state last night, and just looking at this New Jersey race, telling you, man, uh, Chiatrelli has a chance in in that uh, race. He's up by 4,000 with about 90% in, but he definitely has a chance, and that that would also be a uh, an earthquake, so to speak, Dr. Ben Carson spoke at the William Carey University Scholarship Dinner last night in Hattiesburg. How about that? Appreciate that. Heck of a speaker, I bet he is. And he's another one. He's a obviously a very successful Black American who just says this whole racist deal is nonsense. And are there pockets of discrimination and racism in our society? Well, sure. I think that's I think that's just part of humanity. But is it institutional, systemic, pervasive, keeping holding people back? No, I don't. I don't believe that. All right, so we, we got to talk about this big old bill, that uh, the Build Back Better plan. What's left in this thing in the in the latest framework? <clears throat> Did a little research on that. The biggest line item, 555 billion dollars of the 1.75 trillion is clean energy and climate investments. And you're not surprised, of course. One of the main provisions of that, by the way, is an increase of the tax credit. See, you get you get into this tax stuff and the flat tax and the Everybody pays the same and stuff. And it's not that I'm opposed to that. I'm just saying that when you when you dig underneath the covers and dive into to some of these complexities, well, here's one right here. So the electric vehicle tax credit is set to increase to $12,500 for a middle-class family, according to the, the uh, latest take on the law. So also, or the bill, I should say also would provide some additional credits for consumers that install solar panels, improve the energy efficiency of buildings, and purchase electric vehicles, which we already talked about. So, also, there's some additional financial incentives for making wind turbines and some of the other equipment involved in producing so-called clean energy. Of course, it's got to be done in union factories. Those are the only people that qualify. You talk about picking winners and losers? And nary a mention of nuclear. Nope. No nuclear. No natty gas. No nuclear. But, of course, a big element of that $550 billion spending line item is the Climate Corps. Got to have that right. New Civilian Climate Corps. We talked about the logo. (laughs) 300,000 people. Now, by the way, the bill describes it as young people. Young people. That's ageist. I agree. To restore forests and wetlands and guard against the effects of rising temperatures. That's in there. So, of the $1.75 trillion, $555 billion carved out for that. The next big line item is a child care and, and preschool, and that's just an increase in the credits extended to... Those who bear the cost of child care, it dramatically increases those. It's just money they're sending you to pay for your child care. And then, of course, the free universal pre-K, that's $400 billion, by the way. That's over 10 years. That's big. The child tax and earned income tax credits, which is really just welfare payments, $200 billion in that. That's just for a year, by the way. It's only scheduled in the present draft of the bill to extend for a year. $130 billion on more subsidies in Obamacare, which essentially, as we talked about, effectively expands Medicaid. Uh, home care, that would be like elderly care, $150 billion, housing, $150 billion. I gotta dig into this. The equity and other investments, $90 billion. One of those, of course, is the tree equity, which we talked about. <laughs> Immigration a hundred billion, more government services and welfare for effectively illegal immigrants. Medicare, that got trimmed down. Medicare additional benefits quite a bit. The only thing left in there is hearing visions out. Hearing thirty five billion. Higher ed and workforce. I don't know what that is exactly. Forty billion. Anyhow, that's those are the primary components headlined by Green, the Green New Deal, a very much scaled down version of it, $555 billion. My take is we could do without all of this. I don't think any of this is necessary. I don't think this really moves the needle for most people. I want to see government get the heck out of the way, let the private sector do its thing, grow the economy, produce job opportunities, produce societal value, innovate. That's what we need. We got a final segment left here, and Rhino, we probably got a winner, huh? Oh, yeah. All right. We'll uh, talk a little bit about that. Final segment when we return on middays. Stay with us.
14: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. A 30% chance of rain today, mostly cloudy, high near 61. A 40% chance of rain tonight, cloudy skies, low around 45. Your Thursday, a slight chance of rain with cloudy skies becoming mostly sunny, high near 59. And finally, Friday, sunny skies, high near 65. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
11: It's coming! Start the car! What are you waiting for? I knew I should have gone the Mazda of Jackson. Get rid of that creepy old car you've been driving around in. and upgrade to a new vehicle. During our model year clearance at Mazda of Jackson, all the 2021s must go. And we're giving you amazing savings on every last one of them. Get 0.9% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0.9% on every new Mazda in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. You can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Is your credit history scary? (laughs) Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. So get to Mazda of Jackson today, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. I-55 French Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select minds.
7: This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. We are located in Gludstadt, south of Germantown High. Calloway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful with trees, shrubs, fall color plants, soils, and mulches. Save the date. Callaway's Christmas Open Houses will be the first two Sundays in November with refreshments and door prizes every half hour. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store with large selection of permanent Christmas trees, wreaths, garlands, angels, nativities, ornaments, and much more. Our landscape designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Give Callaway's a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Don't forget Callaway's Christmas Open Houses the first two Sundays in November. You will not be disappointed. Bring your family And enjoy the afternoon. Callaway's Gladstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High.
8: Callaway's is. Callaway's is. Everything
9: for home and garden. That's what Callaway's is.
17: Meet the authority from Seaspire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities. Connectivity, data security, cloud services, you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. Seaspire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit seaspire.com slash business.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Now back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: You. Did you see the county map of the Virginia election? Only the large city counties voted blue. That's for Moe's. We could very well see the national county map look the same next year. There's a disconnect between cities in rural America. Moe's, man, that's the way it's been for a long time. I, I would uh, invite you to go back and and look at maps of how counties voted in past presidential elections, looking at a map of the United States, it's been that way for quite some time. I, I've always a whole thought,
4: bunch of red on the county map.
2: Yeah, exactly, and um, and it's so called flyover area is what you hear of the Democrats. So it's just at the coast, are primarily blue, with a little bit of pockets in the Midwest. If you look at Illinois, I believe I'm right in this Rhino, the state of Illinois in the 2020 uh, election. Uh, was all red, every county, except Cook County, Chicago, where Chicago's located. I've always opined that Ohio, which at one time was thought to be the key swing state. Remember, you've heard the old saying, you can't, can't win as a Republican unless you can win Ohio, when you look at the way the electoral numbers figure out. But Ohio, it's Cuyahoga County. That's where Cleveland is. And I've always thought, if there is a Republican candidate, that could fill the Brown Stadium in a rally. They're going to win. Ohio is a little different now. It's not not quite as pivotal, and I think it. I'm pretty sure it went for Trump in the last election. Um, it, it's it's becoming, and it's close to Western Pennsylvania. Look at Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, all blue, almost all of of Western Pennsylvania, including Pittsburgh, red.
4: What do they say about Pennsylvania? You've got Pittsburgh on one side, Philly on the other side, and Kentucky in the middle.
2: That's <laughs> exactly right. I've been there, spent a lot of time there. It's exactly right. Totally agree. So, I would say, yes, You you
4: usually always have the divide between the city vote and the rural vote, which means the big swing vote is the suburban
2: vote. That's right. Which is why you always hear... That you got to get the suburban housewives, you know. You hear that, and oh, that probably going to get canceled for saying that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! I think in this case, it was the suburban parents and mothers who expressed their disapproval, certainly of the McAuliffe agenda. Uh, Carolyn Starville problem with Democrats when they hyper focus on something. There's an agenda behind it: climate change, open borders, vaccine managed. Yes, yeah, power and money. I mean, that's that's it. They see, the difference is they they seek government as their source of power and money. And and then you got those that have kind of had had their run in the in the private sector and leveraged capitalism to get very wealthy. Congratulations to them, and then it's like they get a guilt complex or something, I don't know, and they decide they've got a virtue signal, and they start gravitating to the left, kind of forgetting about where they came from, and that's always been bothersome. I will be the first in line when they hand out money trees, Amanda from Pike County. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, You know, something that Amanda also reminded us of early. appreciate that, and this is true, McAuliffe did say that mask mandates would stay in place, there were too many white teachers, he did say that, you're right, publicly at the podium. So if you're a white teacher in Virginia, you had a target on your back and your job was in jeopardy, it shouldn't matter anyhow. What about just good teachers? Who the hell cares what their race is? I would say, you know, Rhino, think about that. Conservatives, I think it's fair to say with a broad brush, generally speaking, don't care about those physical attributes. It's the left that's obsessed with it. It's just the opposite of what, it's gaslighting is what it is. The racists are calling us racists and using racism to advance their agenda. That's kind of the way I see it. Um... I remember back in the 70s that we were supposed to be in the second ice age by now. Couldn't even grow crops in North America, Darren and Jackson. Yeah, gosh, all the stuff, oh, Al Gore predicted. Remember? Oh, yeah, there was
4: there was going to be no snow on Mount Fuji. <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken, they had record snowfall on
2: Mount Fuji, of all places, in the last three years. Again, that's why it loses its any any meaning. Any validity. Made him a whole lot of money, though.
4: Uh, An yeah. inconvenient truth. Lockbox.
2: Yeah. Michigan only had four red counties in the last governor's race. Hmm. I have to look at that. Only four red counties? The rest of them were blue? If that's the case, that would almost indicate that the Republican candidate didn't get squat for votes. That's Mike and Gulfport. We might have to look that up. But generally speaking, it is the suburban areas in the coastal uh, states that garner all the blue votes. And then in in the middle of the country, it's the big suburban areas. Look at Texas. It's another example. We're out of time here today, however. We will be back in the studio tomorrow, Will Rhino and I. We appreciate you so much for joining us. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone.